Welcome to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Your hosts are Sarah Karkner and Sheila Turner. This program is based on practical life-enhancing tools to shift your energy, mixed in with great stories, lots of laughs and wisdom to help you feel more confident and ignite your full potential. Now here's Sarah and Sheila. Hello, world! This is Sarah and Sheila from Fab and Powers, and we are so, so happy you have decided to join us today and take your life from flat to fabulous. So how do you know your life is flat? If you are not waking up on most days excited to experience all that life has to offer, well, then you are flat, flat as a pancake. So Sheila and I today are going to share stories of how we found our purpose And we are going to help you identify how you can discover your purpose based on your own life experiences. We will even have a wonderful worksheet available for you at the end of the show that will help you process your discovery. So, too many people are walking around like zombies. You see it every day. Zombies floating through life with the newest iPhone and a Wawa Big Gulp. Well, today is our intention to help you come alive. In fact, you are never more alive than when you are tapped into your purpose. Your mind, your body, your spirit are aligned and awake and feeling authentic and congruent and, of course, fabulous. So when my friends are facing a major challenge, I often say, you know what? This is just a part of your Lifetime original movie. And you get to decide, is your movie going to be a comeback story? Is it going to be a romance? Is it going to be a comedy? Or is it going to be a drama? You only have this one life that we remember anyway, and that's for a whole other podcast of if there's more lives, but one life that we remember. So you need to make this your Oscar-winning role. And so how do you do that? How do you make your life feel Oscar-worthy? By living a purpose-driven life. Your purpose, you know, is not going to be a specific career or a set of goals, although that may be a side effect of it, but it will be a culmination of the interplay of your experiences, your upbringing, your environment. It will present itself as a state of being, an attitude. It's going to be like an approach of how you approach your life each and every moment. You will be bringing your highest potential to the world and you will come alive and you will feel Oscar worthy. And we are so excited to join you on that journey to discovering your story and what it is meant for you, for your purpose, your passion in life. Now, speaking of Oscar-worthy, my fab partner, Sheila Turner, has an amazing story to share. Now, together, she and I are a mixture, I don't know, I'd say of like the odd couple, Laverne and Shirley with a a dash of Thelma and Louise. But as an individual, Sheila is totally Meryl Streep material, and I'm so excited for you to hear her story um, because it's very inspirational. It inspires me every day. I absolutely love it. So, Sheila, I think it's about time for our listeners to hear your story. I think they need to know how you became this fierce and fabulous, purpose-driven female that you are today. I want to hear it. Wow, Sarah. Thank you for that (laughs) introduction. I'm pumped, Sheila. I feel Oscar-worthy today. You are. And I actually even dressed the part today. You should see, Sheila. Can I describe you for a moment? (laughs) Since our listeners can't see me. Yeah, I decided to kind of like play the role because, you know, you could wear sweats and get really comfortable. It's a radio show. Nobody's going to see what you're looking like. You don't even have to wear makeup. (laughs) But I decided to go the opposite route. So, Sarah, go ahead. 
Well, I'm in sweats and a baby sprout hair, which we'll maybe put on social media so you can see what I look like. But Sheila is all blinged up. She's got the sexiest heels on. I told her that I might change for her. I'm telling you, she looks really good. She's got a sparkly shirt on and she is in her power outfit. I and that's my, amazing. My power pleather pants. The power pleather <laughs> pants. Because I feel like I can ascend any boundary in these pants. And that's what this is about. And fun ascending boundaries. It's also National Oreo Cookie Day, and I feel like when I'm wearing these pants, I'm a little more constricted. Therefore, I won't eat as many Oreos. So they serve two purposes. My pants have two purposes. (laughs) Which, you see, my approach to life is different because I was like, I'm wearing sweat so I can eat some double stuffed Oreos. But I do have my power underwear on. (laughs) Thank you. Just to throw that out there. Okay. All right. So my Lifetime original movie. (laughs) Yes. uh, It's not over yet. It's always evolving, but it is one, you know, Sarah, you've described me as cool as a cucumber, and when I've asked my friends to describe me, I hear things like level-headed, strong, and sometimes just a little too laid back. I don't seem to get very upset over situations that other people get upset about, but there really is a reason for that, and it's because of my story and what has happened in my past, which has shaped me into this cool as a cucumber type of person. And thank goodness for that, I all can say. (laughs) Who seems to be able to handle things uh, quite reasonably. And I really think my my story really has three chapters to it right now. And like I said, it's always evolving, and I don't know where the next chapters will take me. But, you know, I kind of segmented into three sections. One, the first one being my youth. And then the second one being marriage, children, and other events in my life. And the third one is moving forward. So just to give you a little bit of a background, my youth, I'm the one, I'm one of five kids, but technically I'm one of seven. I'm the second oldest. um, And I learned about loss very early in my life when my mom lost twin girls very late in her pregnancy. And I was eight years old when that happened. And it really had a traumatic effect on myself and my brother and my younger sister And we really learned a lot about life, loss, and how my mother was grieving and how we were grieving and my father was grieving. It taught me a lot about life changing in an instant. Um, That event has stuck with me, obviously, all through my years. And other than that, in my childhood, I had a fairly good childhood. I mean, I had a happy childhood. My father is a retired police officer. My mother stayed home with us for the majority of the time and then was able to go on to administrative work. I went into college and I was a good student. I ended up graduating with a speech communications degree and I was looking forward to a really exciting career in sales training and marketing and travel. I really had goals set for myself and things that I wanted to do with my life. And you fast forward to the next chapter of my life where I graduated from college and I got married very early out of college. And I had met my husband while we were in school. We decided to get married and a very large event happened in my life and that was seven weeks into the marriage. He suffered a massive seizure and out of nowhere and was diagnosed with an inoperable malignant brain tumor. So we had been married just seven weeks Really no newlywed time, really no time for anything, no time for goals, dreams, anything like that. Everything changed in an instant. So needless to say, I changed. I changed. We had to change. We had, we had to grow up. 
I mean, what about our careers? We had a lot of dreams that we wanted to do. We had a lot of plans. But cancer, unfortunately, took over. And it really became the number one factor in every decision that we made. Things as simple as, should we even plan for a vacation? Um, Should we have, you know, uh, other bigger items like, should we have children? What about our careers? How long is he going to live? Um, really wow. didn't have much of a much of a chance at that point, being so newly married and being faced with all these decisions where typically, you know, newlyweds are upset about somebody leaving the toilet seat up or, you know, the cap right. on the toothpaste or something. Those things clearly just weren't an issue anymore. And that happened as when we were really young. So, Do you feel like at that time when that was happening that you were aware, like, I can't even think of these little things, or were you just on autopilot of, I have to survive this? Definitely on autopilot for the first couple of years, more just really focused on this tumor and seeing if it, there was any chance it could be op- operated on or any chance it could be treated or any chance it could be cured. That really took the focus. And did you think you were going to have longevity with this? Like, what, what, were the, what were they telling you? Were they saying a couple years? Were they saying a couple months? Well, when he was first diagnosed, it was a stage one, which is very rare. Most people are diagnosed at a stage three or a four. Being a stage one, there was more of a chance of longevity. But back then, this was 1995, the technology wasn't anywhere close to what it is now. And so there wasn't any projected lifespan for him. Oh, interesting. Wow. So, so it was just out there in the open. Right. No, no sense of like goal or, oh, wow. Because nowadays they will give you time frames. They will. They'll give you a better prognosis right. or diagnosis and they'll tell you approximately how long you have. Um, you know, you're always hopeful that there's going to be new treatments available. And over the course of the time that he was here, there were new treatments that became available as the disease progressed, which helped to let, you know, let him live life longer. And as the years went on, there were surgeries and treatments, radiation, chemotherapy, seizures. It became part of our lives. And there was a point in time when things seemed to be a little bit stable. And we really had the discussion about having children. And we both wanted to have kids, so we took a leap of faith, and, and we did. And we had our son first, Kyle, and soon after Kyle was born, he needed more aggressive treatment, which required me to leave my job. I had had a job in sales and marketing like I really wanted, and I was traveling a lot, but the new treatment made me have to leave that job or made me decide to leave that job and find something that was going to allow me to be with my child and also to be with him during his treatment. So I quit my job and I waitressed at night and I went to real estate school because I figured I'm good at sales. It's a flexible job and it's a career where I could have where my son could be with me if I needed him to be with me and then I could be at treatments or doctor's appointments when I needed to be. So that decision was purely based on, you know, my life cir- circumstances. It's not where I wanted to be, but it's where I needed to be. Right. So can I just backtrack for a second and ask you about, you know, you said you were taking a leap of faith. You said that you had made the decision to have your son 
what, um, for you, you know, where did that decision come from? Was it, I, you know, want to have a child with this man uh, to, you know, have a piece of him if he does pass away? Was he very much like, I want to leave a piece of myself behind if I don't make it? Like, what was that thought process? Because that's a huge, you know, leap of faith to have, like you said. I don't really even know if we discussed that too much. I know that we both wanted to have kids. And I always knew that there was a much higher chance of me surviving over him, you know. So I was comfortable with having, you know, raising him by myself if I needed to. And I think that was really the big factor. And, of course, he did want children. So I think he wanted a legacy. Right. Well, let me just take a moment to say I think that's an amazing thing that you have done. Like you had a strength in you. It was something that you felt like, all right, if this happens, I'm capable of doing that. Because I don't think a lot of people would necessarily have a to be able to take that leap of faith and then to have that um, strength inside. So I think that's just phenomenal. And for the listeners out there, um, you know, I just want you to know that I think that's an amazing, amazing thing. That's why I love you. Thank that's you. why I'm a business partner. Very good. That's well, phenomenal. There are, I mean, there's a point in time when things happen to you in your life and you can either just crawl in the corner and cry and nothing gets done or you do something about it. And I really feel that that's important to do. And that actually, that step was so scary for me because it was so unknown and real estate is all commission. I was leaving a very good paying job with benefits and I was going into a job that was very uncertain. So that was extremely scary for me, but I knew it was the right thing to do for my son and for my husband to be able to be present for them. Right. So it sounds like you were really sitting in like your intuition and your knowing. So you felt the fear, but you did it anyway. You know, so you were sitting into that like authenticity of you and letting life unfold you know, the way it was going to and you taking action and being proactive and doing what you needed to do to move forward and not letting that fear stop you. And that is something that, um, you know, when we talk a little bit more later on about purpose and things like that, that you were living very purpose-filled because you were following that authentic part of yourself. So that's pretty yes. That's pretty amazing. And okay. And the one thing you do have to do when you you know, this decision could have left me with a lot of regrets and you really have to let go of the regrets. Like, I wish I didn't leave that job or I'm so sad I left that job because I really did love that job. Right. You need to let go of it for the purpose of moving forward. It's because um, it's counterproductive to being proactive and creating a new life. Yes. So I was in real estate for a while <laughs> and uh, then I had my daughter. And it was a few years later, and again, right after I had my daughter, things changed with his health condition, and he needed more treatment. So at the time, the real estate market was really strong, and I had a little bit of extra money. And I had my daughter. I'm a lifelong dancer, and I thought to myself, where am I going to send her to dance? I want to have a studio around me that was just like the one I had growing up. And it didn't exist at the time uh, where we live. So... I decided to just do it again, and I kept my real estate license, but I decided to open my dance studio, what I always had wanted to do, um, because I wanted her to have a good place and to be, and again, they could be with me, the kids could be with me, 
it was a uh, shot in the dark, very unstable situation right. again, <laughs> but we were going to make it work because that was the right thing to do. And I'm happy to say that 15 years later, it's a booming, thriving dance studio where my daughter is now starting to teach. So I'm very proud of those accomplishments that have come out of those risky decisions. Right. And it sounds like you there was a stressful situation and you created the solution to the problem that you had. You know, so you were proactively out there and you saw a need and you decided, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make what I want for her and I'm going to create it because it wasn't there. So right. that's another amazing, you know, thing that you took the energy out of grief and you decided to channel it into productivity and creating something that you could feel proud of, which you're doing 15 years later, you said, I think it was 15, 14, 15. 15. 15, girl. 15 years of quality dance education with a twist of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, right. Okay, I have to stop telling my story right now because we have to take a quick commercial break. But before we do, be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Fab Empowers, Twitter at F.A.B.Empowers. Make sure you hashtag it with Gab with Fab. And also hashtag Fab Empower so that we know that you are listening. Coming up, we're going to finish up my story, talk a little bit about Sarah's story and how the events in her life have come together to shape the fabulous woman that she is. So stay tuned. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
You are listening to Life from Flat to Fabulous with your hosts, Sheila and Sarah. Got a question or a comment about the show? We are right here by email at info at fab-women.com. That's info at fab-women.com. Now back to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Hello, it's Sarah and Sheila here, and we are back, and we were just talking with Sheila and hearing her story, her amazing story about how she has dealt with the challenges of life and ascended her boundary, and we're going to go into that again, but before we do that, it is National Oreo Day, and so I have to have this question answered, Sheila. What kind of Oreo do you like? Are you a purist? Are you original? Are you a double stuff? Are you a thin? I need to know. I am I am a total like single stuff kind of girl. I'm not uh I'll take cheese it's over Oreos to be honest with Interesting. you. Interesting. But I would eat an Oreo today if one was presented to me. But yeah, it has national. Really, yeah, I think the double Oreo stuff day. is a little too far. And now they do like mega stuff ones too. Yeah, the mega stuff aren't as good. I'm a double stuff girl. Mega stuff is too stuffed. The thin ones, the mint ones I like. My daughter eats her Oreos um with a fork. She puts a fork what? in the like, so you know how you dip an Oreo in milk, right? And then it, 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 you know your fingers get cold. So she puts a little fork in the little cream part. All right, so National Oreo Day today, but we have to get back to your story because your story is inspiring, and we t- a couple things to to take note of. Sheila here, for those of you who are just tuning in, she um, was married for seven weeks when she found out that her husband had a brain tumor and she has told us a story of how they made a lot of decisions um, based on you know not knowing what the future was going to bring they had two amazing children she opened up a dance studio she left her sales and marketing job went into real estate and really she carved out um, and created a life for herself despite the fact that they had to endure many, many years of him um, battling cancer. So Sheila, why don't you bring us back a little bit and tell us a little bit more about you opened the dance studio. It's been thriving because you saw a need. You wanted your daughter to dance somewhere. You had been a dancer and you left your marketing job and you were doing real estate. And then what else happened? (laughs) Well, the really wonderful thing about the dance studio that I have to say that during times of, you know, stress and, and trouble with, with everything with his health is when the community really came together to help us. And that community was built off of the dance studio. I made so many wonderful friends and pretty much family members now who helped to support not just me, but my family through some very, very difficult times. I had a great staff of teachers. I still do. We've become a family. We've become supportive. We've really lived this life together. And I am so thankful for that. And that is one enormous blessing that has come out of all of this is that I have had this amazing extended family who now I help to support when they're going through challenges. Um, They were there for me and the kids when he ultimately passed away. And a huge community outpouring of people that really... I would never have known had all of this not happened. So that's a huge blessing that has come out of the tragedy. Um, you know, going through this chapter 
of my life has really taught me how to be resilient. And I had to let go of all those big plans that I had when I was graduating college and all the little small things that people get upset about and really focus on perspective and focus on what's happening today. Um, I lived for a long time with not knowing what was going to happen in a very uncertain situation. And my kids grew up in a very uncertain situation. So we've had to learn how to adjust and adapt and not necessarily focus too much on the future because we knew firsthand that the future, as much as we try to plan it, it's not up to us. So the universe hands you things and you have to do something with them and you, you know, they're totally out of your control. So that's been another blessing is gaining that perspective and learning how to live life more in the present time. You know, helping your kids go through, you know, the death of their father is not easy and it was not in the plan. But, you know, as much as we try to plan and organize and predict, it doesn't work that way. And I think that's an amazing thing that, you know, you talk about having to change your perspective, living with uncertainty. And it sounds to me what you've been able to do, which we hope our listeners, um, you know, will benefit from and learn to do is to when you are living with purpose, like a purpose driven life, then you can let go of all those specific outcomes and live each day of, okay, what am I going to do today to sit into like who I authentically am and to bring my talents and skills and abilities to the world. And you were really, I feel like able to do that um, or learned how to do that because of your story. You were then taught to let go of all the little things to each day say, you know, what can I do? And you proactively did that. Um, You opened the dance studio. You decided to open your heart, you know, to all these people. And because you were able to do that, and sit into your purpose that opened up other people. They helped you. And then now in turn, you're really helping so many other people and you've become the go-to person for when they are dealing with grief. I mean, that is one of the things you've done because you went through it yourself. Right. And you've had this community. Right, you're right. And I was determined to show my kids, not just to tell my kids, but to show my kids that there was a lot more life left to live because, again, it's a situation where you could be in the corner and you could just, you know, sit there and wallow right. in your sadness and your sorrow and your kids see you do that. But they need to actively see you making changes and see you taking steps that will better improve your life and their life so that they can then take those steps. And it's like a guide for them to be able to say, OK, when life is really, really crappy, I can handle this. I can do things to help make my life better or I can change direction and I I don't need to be stuck in this situation. Right. And so, yeah, giving yourself that message. So you did not go to the victim. I can't believe this is happening to me. You, and you might've had moments of that, but you rose above it Mm -hmm. and you were telling yourself, you were building yourself resiliency, allowing yourself to say, okay, there's a future where I can do this and I need to show this for my children. Right. And that's what you did. And that is again, something that's very purpose driven you were determined to show this strength because you wanted that for your children I did yeah I really did I think I made that my purpose and my goal was to help to raise you know very resilient children and ones who can look at an adversity and figure out a way to move through it so I just kept moving 
really. Yes. I just kept moving. I kept them moving. You know, I was settling into a life of like a single mom and uh, I was okay with that. But then I had a, another turn in my path um, that I embraced. And sometimes life has a funny way of letting you know that it's not done with you yet. Just when you think, yeah, you know, you're going to start planning. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. So, yes, along came a guy named Jeff. And the irony, did they know that your first husband's name was Jeff? Did you say no, that? No, no. That's big. Her first husband's name was Jeff, and then oh, another oh, Jeff okay. comes along. That's, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a freaky that deaky. point. But I get it. I had to throw that out there. I just cool. have to say, like, no, he. I wasn't expecting anything. I wasn't looking for anything. I was fine, and I was just, you know, with my kids. But this guy was something else. He came into my life. He's wonderful. He's caring and loving. Um, he has such compassion for the kids and their need to remember their father, and that's very admirable. And it made it even easier to love him. So... Now we're headed in a different direction, and we've welcomed another little member to our family. That's Uh, awesome. Had a daughter, and she's awesome, and she really helps to complete us. So you just never know where your life is actually going to take you. Right, but you were so open to that possibility. I I was, and that was, you know, that was tough. It was scary because, again, it was unknown, and it was scary, not sure where things were going to go. But, you know, when you've lived with such twists and turns in your life, you learn how to just adjust and go with it and not wait for things and not wait for the perfect time for things because there really is no perfect time. You're never, ever going to be ready on time. There's no perfect plan. You go with your gut and you go with what you feel is the right thing to do and it works out. Right. I have a question. Do you ever feel like um, your first husband, Jeff, was like so obviously... Like, this is the Jeff you should be with? Like, do you believe in any of that? Like, signs or, um, you know, anything from above? I don't really believe okay. in that. I mean, I, in some way, I mean, I know that my husband now came into my life for a reason. And mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, like, where that was coming from. But right. I just kind of accept things. And if they feel right, and if it's something that's good for me and my family, and then we go for it. Right. And let me just ask you too, how do you know, like when you talk about it feels right? Because I think a lot of people get stuck in, like they go to their mind and they talk themselves out of things um, that are good for them because they get too much into their head and they don't sit into like the seat of their soul and their heart. So what happens for you when you're like, I I know it's kind of scary, but it felt right. So what, what was the feeling? Like, is it in your gut? Is it, are you thinking about overanalyzing it or oh, what happened for you? It's more in your gut. I think that I've had, I've had a lot of experience with people telling me what I should do, how I should do it. And that, that happens a lot with grieving families and grieving people, no matter who they're, who they've lost, if, if it's right. a spouse or a child or, you know, a lot of people do tell you what you should do, how you should do it, what they think you should do, what your timeline should be. And if you th- stop and if you listen to all of those people, you're never going to get anywhere. And Absolutely. it's not up to anyone else but you. I've had friends who've lost children who feel judged, you know, if they're out too soon after the death of their child, you know, maybe having dinner with some friends and laughing. I mean, it just... If you pay attention to that, you will get nowhere. You'll just end up sitting in your house. Absolutely. Um, but 
you know, I, you can't do that. You can't do that when you're going through it. You can't do it for your family. You can't do it for your kids. You know, you have to, you can't sit at home. You have got to actually get up and go and keep moving forward to make and a good I, example. Yeah, I think you're making a really good point too, because you do have to keep moving. You do have to keep taking action. But that point about the shoulds and the musts that people will try to, um, you know, intervene or put a place on you. There's a song that's really good. It's like, don't shit on me and I won't shit on you. And I right. think it's true because that's going to happen. That's human nature. People like to share their ideas and opinions. But the more you can sit into your um, truth and it's really aligning with your own truth and um, taking the moment to sit in that, like you said, you were like, I had to just block that out and say what is right for you. Then that is keeping you on your purpose and your path. And that's something that you've been able to do. Um really well. And it serves you well to be able to do that. And I think people do get stuck when they are, I should do this. I must do this. And even just cluing into that verbiage. If you hear yourself, listeners saying that to yourself a lot, the shoulds and the musts, then, you know, we suggest you take time to just sit into what is your seat of your soul telling you, what's your intuition telling you and blocking that, that kind of thing out. Right. There's a great quote And it goes like this. When you write your story of your life, don't let anyone else hold the pen. Absolutely. That's exactly what you were saying, Sarah, is don't let other people control your story. And many times we do. We listen to the naysayers or the woulds or the shoulds. But you're giving them the power to write your story. Uh, Yes. And the other one I like is do not judge my story by the chapter you walked in on. That's another (laughs) quote. That is just, you know, phenomenal. And um, it always comes back to recentering yourself and being true to yourself and just keeps bringing it back to that. Right. So So now you have, you know, your daughter, you have your new husband. So tell us where you're at at this point with your journey. And looking back, really, ultimately, what did you discover about yourself? It's it's kind of surreal sometimes when you try and look back and you think, wow, that was a lot. You know, I really went through a lot. And life starts to get normal and you kind of every once in a while look back or you tell somebody your story, maybe that doesn't know your story, and they're shocked. And you're like, oh, geez, yeah, I guess that was a lot to go through. Uh, people say, you know, I don't know how you did it and, you know, how, how are you doing it now? And I think... Once you're in a situation where, you know, there's a crisis or a death or something, you do, you do go on autopilot for a while and you kind of don't realize how much you're doing. Or The one thing that people would always say to me is, you're so much stronger than me. I don't know how I could do this. I don't, I don't think I could do this. And right. the answer is, yes, you can. You're going to have to do it uh, because it's your life. So you do get through it. But sometimes it gets a little overwhelming when I think back. I'm proud of myself. Um, honestly, for making certain decisions and for taking the leaps of faith that I did, it wasn't the best, like the easiest decision sometimes. Right, right. It wasn't the most uh, financially great decisions um, at times, but it felt like the right decisions in order to show my kids that there is life still left to be lived and we will continue to move through and enjoy life. So where I'm at now is a very peaceful place as far as you know how things have been handled 
the kids and I and Jeff are very involved with the Moyer Foundation, which is now the Aluna Foundation, which helps children who have lost a loved one. And they run grief camps all across the United States. We're very involved with them. Uh, we are spokespersons for them. I do write a blog now, um, Camp Erin Parents, for the parents who've sent their children to Camp Erin, which is the grief camp. So I'm proud of those accomplishments and for us to still be involved in the grief process and to help other people who are grieving. I think that's a really uh, key component in how we have been so resilient through so many challenges. That's awesome. So I would like to know what your, so it sounds like, you know, your outer purpose is kind of like you help people through grief and things like that. And obviously with Fab Empowers, we empower women. But what do you think like your inner purpose is as far as like, you know, I mean, I can take a gander, but tell the audience of, of how you feel. It sounds like your approach is just like you said, living life every day and just taking action and living life to the fullest. I mean, that sounds like, is that your purpose or what is your purpose approach to life? It's recognizing that life is not perfect. Not every single day is going to be a wonderful day and that's okay. There's going to be times when you have bad days. Um, there's going to be times when you uh, maybe get a, a little too upset about something that you shouldn't be upset about, but just take every day for what it is. If you have a bad day, okay, let's have the bad day, embrace it. Um, your purpose, my purpose is to bring joy to other people, really. Right. And and I, I get a lot of fulfillment through Fab Empowers and a lot of fulfillment through the dance studio with that. I, I know that I'm leaving a legacy behind of, you know, these kids who have come through the studio and feel so welcomed there. So my real purpose is just to find joy in other people and, and share it with them. Right. So finding joy and sharing joy is your approach. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. your purpose for your life. And you do yes. that by um, taking action all the time. So right. it's it's phenomenal. That's really amazing. All right. Awesome. So we are going to take another short commercial break. But coming up, what is life from flat to fabulous without some more fun? We will be back for more discussion on our stories and how you can explore your story and write your movie. Some fun facts, some funny observations, and free gifts for you. So stay tuned. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a safe, healing environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel 
Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Life from Flat to Fabulous with your hosts, Sheila and Sarah. Got a question or a comment about the show? We are right here by email at info at fab-women.com. That's info at fab-women.com. Now back to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Hello, welcome back. This is Sarah and Sheila with Fab Empowers here helping you take your life from flat to fabulous. And we're so excited. And we've been hearing the story about how Sheila has just taken, you know, this very difficult situation of having her first husband have a brain tumor um, that they discovered when they were just seven weeks um, married and how she has taken that challenge and ascended that boundary and created, carved out this amazing life for herself. And she is an advocate and a spokesperson for people who are grieving, but ultimately her purpose is to bring joy to people. And she does that every day with the choices she makes, with the attitude she has. Um, And so, Sheila, I commend you for that. You fierce, fabulous female (laughs) that you are. And I think we can really um, take a lot from that and a lot from your story because you were a person who did not... um, you know, you probably had moments of feeling why me and a little a bit of victim energy or a little bit lost. But really what you decided to do was you decided, all right, I'm going to take action every day and I'm going to be an example for my kids and I'm going to move forward. And I am not necessarily knowing what's going to happen in the future, but that doesn't matter because each day I'm going to strive to create something for my family and for myself. And with that, you've... Um, we're a real estate agent. You opened this dance studio that has been helping kids for 15 years now, bringing them joy. And, um, you know, you write the blog for Camp Aaron, and those, that's for kids who um, have lost a parent. And you've done so much to help the people in your community who um, I see it all the time as, you know, your business partner for these past what, six or seven years. You're the person that if something happens, people go to mm-hmm. because you can guide them. And you help them because you've had this strength and you've been such a good role model, even though it's such a difficult situation for you to go to, you've decided that you were going to use that as a platform to help everybody else. And that sense of um, community that you created and people really rallied around you, but then you paid it forward. And so that perspective of knowing that things are uncertain, but continuing on anyway, um, is really phenomenal. So thank you. But but like I was telling you before about the community and and making so many great new friends and who've become family, um, you know, you play a big part, Sarah, in this story as well, because (laughs) why Why am I so awesome? You you and I met along this journey and you've been with me through a lot of 
my journey and have helped me tremendously. And we decided to work together. But why don't you tell our listeners our story and how we met? Okay, I will do that because I think, uh, you know, I'm very blessed to have that story to tell. So when my daughter was young, I was looking for a dance studio as well, a dance studio for my daughter. And I walked into this studio that was like actually a town over from where I normally am. So I can't even remember what brought me to the studio because it was not even in my like right immediate area. And I walk in and I'm looking on the walls of this dance studio and I, there are these like collages of like newspaper clippings and things. And there I look at the frame and I'm like, wait, I know some of these people. So these were people I had danced with when I was young. And I was like, wait a second. I know this dance studio. And it was the dance studio I grew up dancing at. This wasn't Sheila's studio, but she had pictures of the dance studio that I had danced at growing up. And it ended up Sheila had also danced there. So we were taught by the same um, dance teacher, but we had never met each other, which is one of those just like, you know, amazing small world, six degrees of separation kind of things. Because then when I went and took a class, Sheila danced exactly how I love to dance. The same jazz hands, jazz square, <laughs> you know, and it was like, it was just like this, like I'm home dance wise. Like it was really amazing. Right. And then, um, you know, I signed my daughter up for classes and then I got talking to Sheila. And even though, you know, people look at us and they're like, what, how did you two get together? Because I am like the wackadoo cartoon <laughs> character and Sheila is all like the cool as a cucumber and whatnot, but we balance each other so well. But really what it is, is our love of dance brought us together, but then our passion for helping, you know, women take the bull by the horns, because that's something we definitely have in common where we are not going to be a passive participant in our life. We're going to be an active participant in creating the life we want, no matter what circumstances are thrown at us. And that's something that I think has really like that's the adhesive glue to our relationship, you know, besides your awesomeness um, would be, but it's that, you know, common bond of really having, um, really wanting to make a change in the world and really wanting to positively affect people. Um, So, you know, you were saying bringing joy to people. And I think I've come around to, you know, wanting to bring a positive energy to people and to help them, realize that they can be an active participant and creator in their life. Because I think you and I have talked a lot about the fact that, you know, I alluded to it in the very beginning, people walk around like zombies and um, life, there's just so much of life to live. And there's a width to life, not just the length of life, but like a width that you can live and life should be, you know, it's going to have its challenges and its boundaries to be ascended, but you can have fun doing that and you can fill it. So that's really how you and I um, decided to start Fab. That's right. And it's been awesome. It has. (laughs) First it stood for females ascending boundaries, but then we're like, you know what? Fellas can ascend boundaries too. And then we realized what makes us different is having a lot of fun. And so then it was fun ascending boundaries and we're sticking to it for now, people. We are. We are. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great story. And one where we work so well together because like Sarah said, we are opposites, but we work, we just play off of each other so well. Yes. uh, You know, we're so Paul up dual opposites attract. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, uh, I'll throw me in an 80s reference anytime I can. I have to throw in an 80s reference. Absolutely. So, what is your favorite movie, Sarah? Oh, my favorite movie? 
that I think really exemplifies and something for the audience to have some fun with finding your purpose and passion is the things that you are attracted to, like those movies, the music, those are all little clues into how you can kind of find your purpose. So for me, one of my favorites um, is First Wives Club, for sure. And like, I always love that. Nice. It's got Goldie Hawn in it and uh, what Bette Midler's in it and Diane Keaton. And it's funny because when I think about that, like I watch that all the time. And it's like, why do I watch this so much? Why do I love about this? But it is about women coming together and ascending a boundary. And voila, that is what I do for my life, my living. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I just think like that's a really fun way to help you identify like, wow, what is it? You know, what is your life purpose? Like, what is that? And so for me, my story is going to be like, it's the comeback. It's the empowerment story, just like at First Wives Club. Now, Sheila, for you, what's yours? I would have to say my favorite movie, the one I enjoy the most, is The Breakfast Club. Okay. <laughs> and how does that link to your, uh, actually, well, yeah, I, I like know every word to the movie, <laughs> first off. Um, every time I get a chance to, in the dance studio, I do the Ali Sheedy dance move where she like right. collapses onto the floor. <laughs> and if you ask any of my teachers, I try to throw that in the teacher's dance every year. So it is hands down my favorite movie. But what I realized about it is, that I love it so much because it's about a group of kids who come together for detention. They know nothing about each other's stories. They assume and they judge everything about each other. And they start off the day like, I'm not hanging with him. I'm not hanging with her. Oh, this person's a loser. And through the course of the day, they tell each other their stories and they become this like amazing group of friends. And I feel that that so reflects life in your everyday. You know, you can look at me in my current situation now. I have no idea what I've been through. And same with you, Sarah, same with really everyone is you don't know what anybody's story is unless you take the time to ask them what their story is. And that movie just is such a great example of never, you know, judging before you know Right. A story. So, right. and that's insightful to me because that's very meaningful to me. And I think as you, as listeners, really start to think about that. Like, what movies do you gravitate towards? What do you like? Is, is that a reflection of your life or is it a, a reflection of where you want to be in life? Really, like, delve into that. And, like you said, what, with your favorite songs or right. you know, what you think the theme song of your story would be. Right. Um, those are fun ways to explore what's happened in your life and explore like your what you're looking for or what you're most proud of. And I think it's it's taken that a step further. If you're realizing like that your theme song or the story that you're loving maybe you find depressing or it's not something you want, you can change that by the actions you decide to take because when you start to think about your story and if you guys um you know we're going to have a worksheet available and go through these questions what's happening is your story is helping you discover like all the things that you've experienced and learned are there for you to um use the wisdom from that in order to help the world you know become a better place and if you can um if you don't like it or if you're feeling like it's a negative story that you're telling yourself you can rewrite that story and it's important to decide from you know now forward to create a new story. Or if you're having those experiences, you're like, well, I can't, you know, create a new story, something that, you know, it was so negative, then taking a different view. And one of the other things I really like to do that's a lot of fun is 
thinking about people you admire, who do you admire and how would they perceive how would they perceive the story? So oftentimes when I get stuck in an emotion, let's say something's happening and I get stuck, I'll be like, what would Mary Poppins do? Or what would Elle Woods from Legally Blonde do? <laughs> because those are people that I'm like, they just handle things well. So stepping outside of yourself, because life can be difficult and there are challenges and you get stuck in the feeling of it. So stepping outside of yourself and looking at it from a different perspective will then really allow you to figure out, okay, maybe there is more purpose behind this. What action should I take? in order for me to shift the energy because I'm bringing in a negative energy or a victim energy to this. And I need to shift this to create my life um, in a different way and make it something that I feel good about and I feel authentic about. And I'm not listening to the shoulds and the musts of everybody else, but I am listening to the seat of my soul and what I need to do to be authentic and live true to myself. So speaking of movies and actors and actresses and all that, who would play you? Who would you want? to play you in your life story, Sarah? Who would I want to play me or who would would actually play me? No. (laughs) That's different because I think that um, that's a great question. I would want someone like, you know, Charlize Theron or Cameron Diaz to play me. But the reality is, I swear, I go back to, I mean, it's the mom of the Goldbergs. The mom and the Goldbergs. Beverly? Beverly? Is it Beverly? Yeah, it's Beverly. Be- yeah, I, I yeah Bev, Bev, maybe, they call her Bev. Beverly would play me in you my probably life. probably do your hair like hers. I could do my hair yeah, like that. Yeah. And those outfits. Then you are all schmoopy, moopy, and <laughs> I am stuff. And huggy. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. How about you? I want to know uh, yours. Um, I would say, but I, well, I'm not a schmoopy, moopy kind no, of girl. No, you're not schmoopy at, not at all. all. You're I'm the average schmoop. Probably say, uh, probably Julia Stiles. Oh, very good. Ding, and ding, ding. For a couple reasons. One, we kind of look alike. Yes, you of. do. Especially sort when you of. were been, blonde. Yeah, when I was blonde, yeah. yeah. I've been told that a number of times. She was in Save the Last Dance, which, you know, all about a dancer who lost her mom. So she's been in a lot of movies about grieving and, you know, the born identity. And then she was in Silver Linings Playbook, which is one of my other favorite movies. Right. So I think she's kind of calm and cool enough but a little bit of crazy yeah I love you know it. where she can get down and she's got some moves so I think she would be a good a good one to play me right. in my in my movie so think about that too what are your favorite yeah. movies and what who do you think would be good to play you ask in your, your movie? friends that's the other thing ask your friends because you will discover and asking other people who they think would play you you'll see how you're presenting yourself to the world and if you like it then those are things you admire um in those characteristics about those people and if you don't you could say just yourself huh like maybe I need to take a look at myself and reflect a little bit and see, you know, the people. I mean, I've gotten like Elizabeth Shue before. I've gotten Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, I've gotten different people. Oprah. I like the Oprah reference. I'm like, why, thank you. When it's Oprah. doesn't want Oprah. <laughs> I know. See, I'm just going to focus on Oprah. I got yeah. Joy from that, that like cartoon movie about the emotions. Someone said I was like Joy. I've also gotten Richard Simmons. You know what I mean? Like, well, so yeah, it's all over. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> So some good things to think about today. And like Sarah said, we're going to have a worksheet available for you to download. So we want to take this time to thank you for joining us today in our very first radio debut. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you are feeling empowered and inspired and ready to ascend your boundaries. So remember to follow us on social media at Fab Empowers and to visit our website at fabempowers.com. You can sign up for a free gift. And if you want the worksheet from today's episode, tell us in the little message space 
who would be the leading actress in your lifetime original yes. movie? So you'll be you go entered, to the website. Go to that yes. website. Yes. You'll be entered into a drawing to win a signed copy of our book, Journey to Joy. And we'll announce that later on tonight on social media. We want you to love Fab and Fab It Forward by sending this broadcast and sharing our pages with other fabulous women. We're women helping women to create a wonderful world, and you're a big part of it. And remember to find your Fab in every day. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Life from Flat to Fabulous. Be sure to join Sheila Turner and Sarah Kartner again next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, make it a fabulous week.